Well, my friends, I want to encourage you to take your copy of the scriptures this morning and turn with me to Genesis and chapter 31. Genesis and chapter 31. Melanie and I went on a trip last weekend to uh, Alma, Michigan for the Highland Festival, the Scottish Pipes and Drums, wonderful experience. And on the way, we used our phone, connected it to our car, and used the GPS. And I don't know about you, but I really like using that. Now, I grew up in Michigan. I know how to get there. But there is something really enjoyable about my phone being able to tell me there are police ahead and they're giving out tickets. Slow down, pal. It's nice to know what's ahead for you, I'll tell you. It's nice to uh, get some warning on when you're supposed to turn. You know, dangerous highway hypnosis and you get lost in your thoughts. It's great to know where you're going, I'll tell you. And we have something even better than that as believers, you know that? We have in this relationship with God, a God who is willing to reveal to us his will for our life. We don't have to guess what God would have us to do. Should I take the job? Should I buy the house? Should I go on this trip? How do we know the will of God for our life? Can we know the will of God for our life? And I'll tell you this, friends, we most certainly can. And when we are living in the will of God, there it is that we will find peace the peace of God and the provision of God and the, all that we need, my friends, to walk in his will. So how do you know the will of God? Well, I'll tell you what, you don't flip a coin. But I'll tell you what, God controls that stuff too. So today we're going to answer the question in our continuing study in the book of Genesis. Here in chapter 31... You recall Jacob was sent by his parents to uh, move to his uh, mother's uh, family, or particularly her brother's house, and he was to find a wife on this journey. And he did. He was very fruitful in finding a wife. Uh, at this point, he's got four of them. And, uh, <laughs> and at this, this juncture in his life where he has uh, found that God has been blessing him and blessing Laban because of him, but it was time to go home. And if you're going to discern the Lord's will, the first place you want to start, and this may sound counterintuitive, but to check your own desires. Ask yourself, what do you want? And you might say, what does that have to do with the will of God? Well, I would suggest to you, my friends, that in chapter 30, Jacob had already determined that he should be heading home. It was his desire to get home. In Genesis 30 and verse 25, we read, As soon as Rachel had born Joseph, Jacob had said to Laban, Send me away that I may go my own home and country and give me my wives <laughs> and my children for whom I have served you that I may go, for you know the service that I have given you. 
And so Jacob already had this innate desire. Here is my family. It's time to go home. And you say, well, I mean, you know, we could desire a lot of things. You know, I'd really like a snowmobile in the wintertime and maybe a jet ski in the summer. I could be off in the afternoons and the evenings and maybe some mornings. And I, But that's not what I'm talking about here, friends. I mean, there's a whole lot more guidelines about desires. Like, does this honor God? That might be a question you might ask. Is this something that God would ask me to do? Now, I'll tell you, the, in the area of what would God ask me to do, as Melanie was reading here today, God had told a man to marry a, a woman of, of, <laughs> of prostitution. Uh, uh, just a, a filthy woman. Why? Because he was going to be an illustration to the nation of Israel. So God may ask us to do a lot of things we don't anticipate. Think about Jonah, you know. Off you go, pal. Those people hate us, though. Yep. <laughs> go give them a talking to. Well, I'll tell you what, friends. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12. Philippians, keep your finger in Genesis. We're going to be back here. But the first step in discovering God's will might be to ask yourself, what is it that you're desiring? I mean, if you had to choose right now, what would it be? That's an interesting place to start. And why should you include that? Well, here in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12, Paul, writing to the church at Philippi, says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence. And he says, work out your own salvation. He doesn't say save yourself here. He says, put your salvation to practice with fear and trembling. Why? For it is God, take special note here, who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. You see, God works in his children's hearts and lives to desire certain things. That's one of the ways that God guides us. Is a new desire that suddenly just popped up in your life. Hey, what would you think about? Those conversations start something like that. What if we... You see, God works in us both to will and to do according to his good pleasure. And so if you want to discern the will of God for your life, maybe start there. Has God been bringing something into your mind over and over again and you've thought about it and you said, man, that sounds good, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess I could start a club in my neighborhood, but you know, I don't know. And it just keeps coming up and over and over and over again. Sometimes how the Spirit of God works in our life brings things to our mind. Works in us both to will and to do according to His good pleasure. So step number one is maybe just look at your own heart's desires on these things. Step number two as we uh, look at uh, chapter 31 here, we see that now Jacob heard that the sons of Laban were saying, Jacob has taken all that was our father's, and from what was our father's, he has gained all of his wealth. And it's true. 
you know, Jacob had said, I want to go home. And Laban said, well, I don't want you to go home. I like the Lord's blessing in my life through you. So he made him an agreement. And guess what? The Lord used that for the benefit of Jacob. But now things are changing in the Laban household. You see, Laban's sons are complaining now about Jacob. I mean, at first they said, wow, look at all the goats we got these days. That's really, look at all the lambs and there's white ones and black ones and speckled ones. And, and then they start to see that all of these things are moving into the possession of Jacob. They didn't like that so much. And frankly, they were worried about their own inheritances. But the fact is, it wasn't just Laban's kids. In verse 2, we see, And Jacob saw that Laban did not regard him with favor as before. So friends, maybe start with considering your heart's desires, and then maybe consider your circumstances, and ask yourself, is this still an opportunity? When I was young in the ministry, I started ministry in my way too early 20s, and after nine and a half years at a church, I began to ask myself, is it time to go? It wasn't something I, I craved or wanted, it was just something that came to my mind. And so I started looking around and maybe asking that kind of question. Are these circumstances still an opportunity for me to glorify God and raise up the saints? Is this still the place that it was where God called me? And so here is Jacob considering his circumstances and noticing that hearts had turned against him. But I'll tell you, friends, these two are not enough. There's a whole series of things that ought to be included in discerning God's will for your life. Notice verse 3. So here is Jacob thinking, I, I want to get out of here. I think it's time. I mean, look at these people. They don't even want me here anymore. And when we come to verse 3, we see that the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your kindred, and I will be with you. A recurring promise from the Lord to Jacob, I will be with you. So Jacob had nothing to fear, right? You know what fear is? Fear is the absence of enough provision. Whatever we face that we fear, we think we are not enough. We don't have enough. But when you have God who has promised to be with you, you have everything you need. He will provide faithfully protection and provision in all that we need. And so the Lord has appeared to him and said, so, you know, maybe step number three is this. Once you consider the word of God, what is it the word of God says about this desire growing in your heart? And I'll tell you this, friends, if you are not a student of the word of God, this is going to be a problem for you. This is why your pastor continues to nag you over and over again. And I will because I love every one of you. But I will continue 
to compel you to set a time for prayer and Bible study. Get your eyes in the Word of God because the Spirit of God uses the Word of God in the heart of a child of God to lead him into the will of God. And this is how, my friends, we bring glory to God. So get in the Word. How can you be led by the Word if you don't know the Word? Get in there. And so the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers. Well, that made it pretty clear, didn't it? I'll tell you what, if the Word of God says this is what you should do, but your feelings are saying, but I want to do something different, guess which way you should go. <laughs> it ain't the desires, my friend. It's, it's to ask, is this matching with the will of God, or is this just bad lasagna? I'll tell you, friends, you've got to ask yourself these questions. And then there's a fourth aspect of seeking the will of God. Fourth aspect. You want to search the Word of God and, and pray, but you want to seek godly counsel. Seek godly counsel. I was extraordinarily grateful in my first and blessed by God to have a friend who was a pastor in town that we just connected. We were kindred hearts. We, we cared and loved on one another, encouraged one another. We told stories about what was going on in our ministries and churches to one another. And it was great to have someone I could say, hey, this has just come to my mind. What do you think about this? Now, friends, I, I didn't ask some guy sitting on a bus bench, you know, hey, what do you think about this? I wanted some godly input. And I knew this man to be a man of God. And notice that's exactly what Jacob does here. Following the, the very instructions of the book of Proverbs, plans, Proverbs 20:18, plans are established by counsel. By wise guidance wage war. In Proverbs 11:14, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in the abundance of counselors there is safety. It is a good idea to talk to a godly man or woman and say, hey, this is what I've been thinking about. I feel like the word of God says maybe to go this way. What say you about that? And here in verse 4, we see just that. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah into the field where his flock was. And he said to them, I see that your father does not regard me with favor as he did before. But the God of my father has been with me. And you know that I have served your father with all my strength. Yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. Now this expression, ten times, is like us. If I have told you a hundred times, I'll tell you a hundred times again. It's an expression of over and over and over again. <coughs> Laban has been unfair to me in my working situation. So he reviews with them the present circumstances. Then he lays out what God has done. Notice, if you will, at the end of verse 7, But God did not permit him to harm me. 
If he said, The spotted shall be your wages, then all the flock bore spotted. And if he said, The striped shall be your wages, then all the flock bore striped. Thus God has taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me, giving the glory to God of his success. He didn't say, you know, I ought to put together a seminar and tell people how to get rich. He simply acknowledged that it was God who blessed him in these matters. In verse 10 he says, In the breeding season of the flock I lifted up my eyes, and I saw in a dream that the goats that mated with the flock were striped, spotted, and mottled. And so having said what God has done, he told them what God has said. Then the angel of God, verse 11, said to me in the dream, Jacob. And I said, Here I am. And he said, Lift up your eyes and see. All the goats that mate with a flock are striped and spotted and mottled, for I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. And I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar and made a vow to me. So now arise and go out from this land and return to the land of your kindred. And here in verse 14, we see the input of those particularly whom it will affect. For you remember, Laban is the father of these two ladies. But notice in verse 14, Then Rachel and Leah answered and said to him, is there any portion or inheritance left to us in our father's house? Are we not regarded by him as foreigners? For he has sold us, and he has indeed devoured our money. And all the wealth that God has taken away from our father belongs to us and to our children. Now then, whatever God has said to you, do. Well, that's some pretty great counsel right there, friends. Whatever God says to you, do it. You don't ask the question, well, what if I don't want, what if it is too hard? What if I don't think I, whatever God says to you, do it. And then comes the last step here, my friends. You got to make a decision. You've got to make a decision. You've taken the steps of considering your desires. What maybe has God born within you to desire something? Considering your circumstances. Searching the word of God and the will of God. Seeking godly counsel. And ultimately you've got to make a decision. I'm not certain I can prove this from the scriptures, but I think I can demonstrate this from the character of God. So you will take it in light of that. You will search the scriptures and see whether or not it is so. But if you want the will of God, if your heart's desire is to do the will of God, wherever it may bring you, whatever it may cost you, if your heart is fixed on God, I don't believe he will let you make a wrong decision, my friends. Because we know that all things work together for good. The bumps and the bruises along the way, my friends. 
But if you want his will, and you check your heart on that, you want the will of God, no second plans, plan B, I don't think he'll let you make the wrong decision. Because God works in us, both to will and to do, according to his good pleasure. For his glory, my friend. And when you do it, my friends, let's do it in a way that honors God. When you make that decision and put some shoe leather in it, as carpenters say, let's make some sawdust. When you get going and for stop the, all the planning and the question, you know what you're going to do. Do it in a way that honors God. See here in verse 19, Laban had gone to shear his sheep and Rachel stole her father's household gods. Well, that gives us some insight into uh, Laban, doesn't it? He's household gods. And we might wonder, what in the world is Rachel doing with that? I suppose she thought maybe that was hers too, part of her inheritance. We don't know. But we know in verse 20, Jacob tricked Laban, the Armenian, by not telling him that he intended to flee. And he fled with all that he had and arose and crossed the Euphrates and set his face toward the hill country of Gilead. And off he goes. Off he goes. God had said it. God had said, I am with you. There is no need to scheme. Jacob, well, let's just say he's still learning. But friends, you and I, the wise person, will look back at a story like this, the account of Jacob's life, and we will say, I will not walk down that path. I will not scheme. I will not fool. I will not deceive. I will follow God with my head held high, whatever the cost. Whether or not he comes charging hard at me, and I'll tell you what, friends, that's what we're going to see in next week's message as we finish Genesis 31. How do you know the will of God, my friends? Know this, that God makes his will known to his children. Why? Not so they will be satisfied in their curiosity, but so that they will walk in it. Walk in the will of God. God's will may be known. He has revealed his word, has it recorded and preserved for you and I here today that we might know the heart of God and that we may walk in his will. If you go on our website here today and or tomorrow, I suppose, you will notice that there is a link for online Bible, and it is a wonderful tool. And there's a little gap there, and you can type in there, the will of God. And you will see all of the things that God has made clear are his will for our life, particularly throughout the New Testament. But it would do us well, friends, when we are in the word of God to say, what would God have me to do with this? And let the spirit of God lead you. So God makes his will known to the children, to his children, so they will walk in his will. So beware of the danger of ignoring God's will. God's will can be known. It is not a secret. But beware of ignoring it when you know it. Think of people like Adam and Eve. God said, don't eat the fruit. 
and what befell of it when they ignored his will. Remember that guy named Jonah? Off to Nineveh, oh no. Well, you want to see what the inside of a great fish looks like? Hey, go for it. God will do whatever it takes, my friends, and for some it will take great, great loss to get us into his will. Don't fight him. In the midst of his will is where you find the joy and the purpose and the love and the resources, everything you need to live out the will of God with joy. Because all of the benefits of God are found by those who walk in his will. All the benefits of God, all of the greatest aspects of following God are found by him. Think about the Apostle Paul when the Lord Jesus called him to faith. You know what he told him? He says, oh, I've got to show you how many things you must suffer for my name. And you know what? Paul never walked away from it. Yeah, Paul, the Apostle Paul, endured enormous amounts of suffering. And he did it to demonstrate perhaps one thing, that God is worth it. Testifying for Jesus is worthy of all of the suffering because he's worthy of it. And finally, stop looking to the world to show you your best life now. You're not going to find it in the ads, my friend. You're going to find it in the Word of God. You're not going to find it seeing what your neighbor bought and what's the latest and the greatest, my friend. Your best life now is in the center of the will of God. And now... You know how to find it. Go find it. Go live it. And share it with someone else. Our Father in heaven, God, we love you. You are so good to us that you have made known to us what our best life will look like. We know, God, that those of us who will pursue you with all of our hearts who will walk in your will and know your blessings, will not regret it when we stand before you and you look to us and you say to us, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Words that I crave to hear from you. A face that doesn't look at me with disappointment. Wondering why. God help us. Empower us by your Holy Spirit. Motivate us, God, in the circumstances of our life. Take away our sleep and our appetite. That food would taste like ashes in our mouth, God, until we pursue you and stop playing around. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Emily, where's Emily?